up, guys? Welcome back to Celtics Fifth Quarter. I'm joined again by Owen. Today, we're going to be giving you a quick preseason recap, also some predictions for the season. And I know Owen didn't get the pleasure of watching the Celtics get blown out by the Nets last night in their second preseason game, but I did get that pleasure. And I want to say that we looked, the word I would use is dysfunctional. We looked a little bit out of sync. And normally I would say, yeah, preseason wins and losses, they don't matter. It's the preseason. But some things do matter in the preseason. There are things that stand out to me. Uh, the chemistry on this team looks to be a little bit out of sync. So does the energy. But, you know, I can kind of attest a lot of that to new faces with little time to assimilate to this team. But there's still obvious flaws with this team. You know, and I'm not worried about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum struggling to shoot. I know they'll find their stride. But there are other things that are bothersome to me. Like Marcus Smart, there's no reason to shoot four three-pointers in the first four minutes of the game. Little things like that are, are just bothersome to me. And, you know, I think Brad Stevens has to do a better job of managing this team and kind of getting them to buy into the system like they did last year. I know he said in his interview yesterday that this team is nowhere near the team that was in the bubble. And I can completely agree with that because they just look different. They, they look like they're lost. Yeah, I, see, I think something we can take away from this preseason was – uh, yeah, they don't look great. The chemistry is lacking quite a bit. They're tired. The last game they played uh, prior to the preseason was September 27th, so not that long ago. Um, obviously, with the bubble and everything that's going on in 2020, it's been very exhausting for the Celtics team, and frankly, for most of the league, um, they're at more of a disadvantage along with the teams such as the Lakers, uh, Miami, Denver. Um yeah, a lot of new pieces, some injured guys such as Kemba Walker, Tristan Thompson. They have a lot to figure out before they open up uh, their regular season. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not hitting the panic button on this team at all. That Even though I do think they had probably one of their worst games in recent memories, even though it was preseason, I'm, I'm not hitting the panic button. I, I know that they'll find their stride, especially when Kemba comes back. They'll work their way to being one of the better teams in the East again. But what I got from watching them play is that there's something missing with this team and that our bench needs some serious work. That I thought Jeff Teague played really well in the preseason. He really surprised me. He shot five and five from three. It was a huge positive to me. I think Aaron Neesmith played really good in the second preseason game. He shows like he has a knack to do the right thing. He's always going after loose balls, crashing the offensive glass, and I really like the way he plays. He plays with a, lot, with a lot of hustle. Obviously, the kid can shoot. That's why we drafted him. So I think Neesmith will crack the rotation eventually. He might struggle to find some minutes early because, like I said, he hasn't really been with the team that long. He doesn't know the system. Another guy I thought was a positive from the preseason was Peyton Pritchard. Did not play as well the second game as he did the first game. Scored 16 points in the first game, but Pritchard – has a lot of confidence, brings a lot of energy to the court. Marcus Smart said it himself. He has an IQ through the roof. So I think Pritchard could maybe come off the bench and add a little bit of offense to the team. But there were far more negatives with the bench. I want to start with Grant Williams. I love Grant Williams. I've always been a huge fan of Grant Williams. What are you doing with your shot selection in the second game? That He was taking like step-back threes. He took way too many contested shots and – I think he has a play like he did last year, like he's going in, setting hard picks, playing good defense, not trying to score the ball. That's not why Grant Williams is on the court. We don't need any points out of you. If you find an open shot, maybe shoot the ball. That's all we need from you. Another guy, Robert Williams, I thought he played better in the second game than he did in the first game, but 
to me, he's almost regressed defensively. He looks, his footwork looks like it, it still needs a lot of improvement and he's still too trigger happy with trying to go for blocks. I think he really needs to improve defensively if he wants to crack the rotation, especially with Thompson coming back from his injury. And before I get into my hatred on Semi Ojale, I'm going to let you add anything you want on the bench situation. Yeah, the bench situation looks horrible. Um, kind of knew this going in that they're a top heavy team with their core four, as we've mentioned time after time. Uh, I need Jeff Teague to be more vocal. I know he's more of a lead by example type guy, but there's a lot of young players in, on this bench rotation. And I think being more of a vocal leader, I know we saw him in his press conference and the only word I could use to describe his mannerisms and the way he conducts himself is robotic. I know he's maybe not necessarily that type of person that goes out and he's a rah-rah guy, gets guys fired up. Um, but I, I would like to see him maybe take P- Pritchard, Neesmith, even Grant Williams, some of these guys, not even guys that p- play his position and just lead that bench unit. Him and Thompson, I know Thompson returned to practice uh, and, he, and he completely boosted the energy of the team. Um, I need those guys to just elevate and get people motivated to play basketball. There, should, there shouldn't be a need for that, but for some of these young guys, light a fire under them, get them going, uh, boost their confidence quite a bit. I, I think that would help. Yeah, Neesmith has looked good. Um, he's got a nice stroke. I've really enjoyed watching him this preseason. I think he, it might take a little bit of time for him to crack this rotation, but I think he should play right away, take all of Shemi Ojale's minutes. What do you have to lose? He was, a, he was our top pick. He should play right away. Uh, Pritchard's obviously going to get minutes without Kemba right away to start the year. Um, so I've liked what I've seen out of the two rookies. I agree, Brian. Grant Williams, the shot selection is horrendous. Uh, he needs to work on that quite a bit. He's a he's a hustle guy. We need him in there defending. He's a pretty solid defender. Uh, what I've seen out of him last year, he needs to improve upon that. Completely agree on the Time Lord. He has no clue what he's doing. That is not an overreaction. This guy is the biggest filler stat guy on under the block category I've ever seen. He's not good on defense. This guy gets a couple blocks a game and we're like, oh, he can defend. He's going to turn into DeAndre Jordan from a few years ago. This guy sucks on defense. No exaggeration. He's the most frustrating. I know Shemi Ojale is your guy. Robert Williams drives me insane. And I had high hopes for him coming into this. And like we said, we're trying not to overreact to preseason. Robert Williams is catch a lob every once in a while, block a shot every once in a while. He brings nothing. He's so bad. We need more, more out of the big man position. And it's, I don't know if it's coming from him or if it's going to come from him, he needs to make some drastic changes to his game. Shemi Ojale, it is time to stop playing Shemi Ojale. And I know Brian has a lot to say about him and he's going to go in on him. Like I just went in on time Lord. Uh, these young guys need to develop and they need to develop fast. You're a little harsh on Robert Williams. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't think Robert Williams sucks. I think he does some things well, but it, it's obvious that he hasn't progressed in his defensive game, and that's been his weakest part. I would really like him to maybe, maybe Tristan Thompson can take him under his wing and teach him a little bit. Because I do think Tristan Thompson's a great leader, and I'm excited that he's coming back. But yeah, Robert Williams, it's your third year. You got you to gotta show something to the table because right now you're the third, you're the third man in the rotation for the big men. I, I don't see him outplaying Tice or outplaying Thompson. So unless one of them gets hurt, I, I don't see Robert Williams playing as much this year. But Semi Ojale, everyone's favorite player. Not. I, I, I don't even know what to say about Semi. I'm so done with seeing Semi Ojale on the court. And now, especially that we have Aaron Neesmith, 
I'm so sick of seeing Sammy Ojale play over him. I know it was only two preseason games, two preseason games. I don't want to overreact, but if that happens the whole season, especially if Romeo Langford comes back and he's playing over Romeo Langford too, I'm going to lose it. Like I, I, I can't keep seeing Sammy Ojale on the court. He brings nothing. He, I know he's jacked. He's a gym rat. That's awesome. But he brings nothing. He's not good on defense. He has no lateral quickness. And yeah, he's big, but he's short. He can't cover a big man. And on the offensive end, yeah, he shot, he shot what, like 38% from three last year? All of those were wide open shots. That if, if you're going to have somebody shoot 38% from three on wide open shots, you can find more value out of that player than Semi Ojale. I saw a video. Semi Ojale had the ball, decided to go in and drive to layup instead of taking a three pointer. Like that. I like that decision. Instead of going up for a wide open left handed layup, he tries to go for an up and under with his right hand and gets blocked. Why? Just go in for the lefty layup. The reason why is he can't finish with his left hand. I'm done with Sammy Ojale. You know, he can stay on the roster, he can be on the end of the bench, but Aaron Neesmith needs to be getting his minutes right away. And I'm done with Brad having his obsession with Sammy Ojale. Yeah, you want your players to get in the gym, get fit, get athletic. Maybe Shemi Ojale needs to stop hitting upper so much because he's jacked and maybe work on his shot like 10 times more than lifting weights. Like, I don't really – lifting weights is great. Like, maybe get Neesmith in there. He's a little small, Pritchard. Get those guys lifting weights. They're young. Ojale, work on your shot. Work on your offensive game. Go train with Drew Henlon. Like, do something. Like, you're not productive at all. So Yeah, and at the end of the day – whether or not Semi Ojale is good at basketball isn't going to decide whether the Celtics win or lose most nights. Uh, I think that there are bigger problems with Semi Ojale, but I just had to get that hatred out of out of my heart. I, I just, I don't know. There's something about Semi Ojale, man. It just bothers me. But another guy that's it's really disappointing to me is Carson Edwards. It's it's time to go. Like I I loved Carson Edwards coming out of college. Thought he was fantastic at Purdue. When he got drafted by the Celtics, I was excited. I thought, oh, maybe we have like a, a future Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench and I and Carson Edwards. But he is horrible. Like, he shot two of ten from three in the preseason, and that's the only thing he's good at. He's a shooter. He's 5'10", so even if he wants to play defense, he can't. He's just going to get exposed by guys who are bigger than him. And he's not that good of a playmaker. He's a shooting guard at 5'10", and if his shots aren't going in, he brings literally no value to this team. And I would much rather see the Celtics move on from Carson Edwards, let him go find an opportunity somewhere else, and sign a veteran who's a free agent. Like, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson got cut by the Timberwolves today. He'd be perfect to add to this team. He's a defender. He's a veteran. He's had playoff experience. Go and sign someone like that. You don't need to have nine guys under 24 on your bench. Like, just go and get a veteran. Yeah, I, I agree. It is time to cut Carson Edwards, as depressing as that sounds. And it's not because the moment's too big for the guy. The guy lit up the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago. He's got a flamethrower shot, or at least I thought he did. I don't know where that's gone at all. The range, you know, it's been extended out. He's teeny tiny, and he brings nothing to the table. I really thought he was going to develop into our third point guard. Maybe even last year, I was, I was a little bold. I thought maybe he didn't crack a rotation over guys like Brad Wanamaker. I thought there was a shot of that happening in his rookie season. Wow. I was completely wrong on that. And it is time to go Carson. Um, yeah. Bring in a veteran presence. I'd much rather prefer that for this team. Bottom line is we have two veterans coming off the bench and Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson. 
everybody else on the bench is a young, unproven talent. And don't get me wrong. I like the, the unproven talent. I like the potential that Neesmith has. I love Peyton Pritchard. I think Robert Williams still has room to improve, and he could be serviceable. I think Grant Williams does some awesome things. But you, you have to have more talent and more experience off your bench if you want to win games, you want to win championships. And so I think the Celtics need to move on from guys like Carson Edwards and go and get a veteran, someone to help the bench, someone to help the locker room presence, someone who's got playoff experience. Even if it's just one guy, you need one more piece off your bench. Another thing is that Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, a lot of the pressure is going to be on them at the beginning of the season. That these guys, like I said, haven't assimilated to the new system. And Kemba Walker is out. Tristan Thompson's got a lingering issue, so I don't know if he's going to be there the first few games. These guys have to step up. They have to play better than they did in the preseason. I'm not worried about that. I know Jason Tatum will find his groove. I know Jalen Brown will find his groove. Hopefully Marcus Smart will take better shots and be the Marcus Smart we all love. But there's going to be a lot of pressure on those three guys, especially in the beginning of the season. And I think they really have to step up both as players and as leaders if this team wants to be successful. Yeah, I'm not worried about those guys much at all. Uh, Yeah, preseason, expect a lot more. I was losing my mind when they played the 76ers. That opening quarter from Jalen Brown was probably the most disgusting basketball I've ever seen him play. Um, But I'm not worried. Uh, These guys have been far in the playoffs at a young age. They'll find, yeah, like Brian said, they'll find their groove. I'm not worried about that. Tatum probably will return to the All Star game. I think Brown will make his All Star debut this year. Marcus Smart is only going to continue to get better. Uh, needs to stop taking dumb shots, and he is too streaky for my liking. But he brings so much to the table that I'm not worried about those three guys. Uh, and once we get Kemba Walker back, it will take some of the pressure off those three for sure, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, there's definitely no need to hit the panic button with this team. Kemba Walker will come back from injury. Tristan Thompson will come back from injury. Romeo Langford will hopefully play more than like five games this year and stay healthy. And this team's going to hit their stride. I still think they're a top three team in the East. That might be an unpopular opinion after the two preseason games because everyone seems to be overreacting a lot. But uh, I still think that we are missing pieces and we have serious flaws and we are we, we got to do something if we want to be true contenders because the bottom line with this team completely healthy, we're still not beating the Lakers in a seven-game series. And that's the way you got to view it. And so Danny Ainge, what he has to do is he's got to assess how Kemba Walker's health is closer to the deadline or even a few weeks into the season. And if he thinks Kemba Walker can return and be healthy and he's going to be there in the playoffs, use the traded player exception. Go out and get a DeMar DeRozan. I love that idea. I tweeted it out earlier today that they could go out and they could offer somebody like Romeo Langford, who's a young talent, and maybe one or two first-round picks to San Antonio, a team that is no longer the powerhouse they used to be. They're a bottom team in the West, and DeMar DeRozan is on an expiring contract, and he's almost certainly not going to resign in San Antonio because he wants to go, ahead, go get his ring. He's probably, what, like 34 years old now. So you, you throw that offer to San Antonio, and if you could add a guy like DeMar DeRozan to this team with a healthy Kemba Walker, now you're a legit contending team. Yeah, with all that being said, um, I agree with Brian. I do think they're a top three team in the East. I think they're going to go far in the playoffs. Brad Stevens is on the hot seat. 
I know that we we're all panicking a little bit. Some fans were calling for him to get fired before this season. That is ridiculous. I want to see one more season at the very least out of Brad Stevens. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Um, but if he can't get this group to play basketball the right way and together and have a strong chemistry, he is definitely, he's going to, eyes will be rolled. Um, he's going to be looked at. We might look to replace him. I, that wouldn't shock me. I think Danny Ainge has to make maybe a couple more tweaks to the roster, get him the best team to coach. Um, but look look for Brad Stevens to have a huge – he needs to have a huge year. He has no choice. I'm not sure I would put him on quite on the hot seat, but he's close. And I do think it's kind of – Danny Ainge has got to do his job a little bit more if you want to put Brad Stevens on the hot seat. If Danny Ainge goes out and gets someone like DeMar DeRozan, I'm going to keep mentioning him, and Kemba Walker does come back healthy – and this team still fails to get to the finals, and it looks like Brad Stevens just can't get them to work together, then I might put Brad Stevens on the hot seat. But for now, I think he's just got to focus on working and getting an offensive scheme together for this team because they clearly didn't have one in the preseason, and he's got to get them to buy into some sort of system. Got to grow a pair. (laughs) He's got to grow a pair and tell Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, they're like, no, I'm the coach. I know you're star players, but I am the coach. You're going to do what I tell you. And uh, especially with Marcus Smart. Like, I don't know how Marcus Smart gets away with shooting one of seven from three. And then, like, the next game going out and taking, like, six three-pointers again. Like, somebody's got to say something to him. Marcus Smart, I love you, but you're not Steph Curry. Please stop shooting. (laughs) Yeah, Marcus Smart has done a great job at brainwashing uh, a lot of Celtics fans and possibly the coaching staff with how great of a shooter he is. Um, he goes on these crazy streaks where he'll bang like seven in a row and then he'll go on crazy streaks where he misses 17 in a row. So pick your poison with Marcus smart. I pick stop shooting or at least as much as he's been shooting. Yes. Yeah, Brad Stevens needs to put him in his place a bit with the shooting. Let those shots go to Brown and Tatum before himself. Yeah, and I do think Marcus is going to have a little bit of an offensive uptick with Kemba out. But again, Marcus, you're a great playmaker. I've seen Marcus Smart make so many phenomenal passes and work well in the pick and roll. And then he decides to just, you know, take a step back four seconds in to the shot clock. It's one thing if you're putting it up with like five seconds on the shot clock. Fine with that. You know, like you're probably not going to get a better shot. Take your chance. But like dribbling, dribbling the ball down the court, and then just taking a step back in someone's face, your mark is smart. You don't need to be doing that. Like, pass the ball to Jason Tatum. But Jason Tatum did that, you know what? Fine, I'll live with it because it's Jason Tatum. Mark is smart. Pass the ball to Jason Tatum, set up the offense. That's it. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to get into my season predictions for this team. Um, I think we mentioned this earlier. I think they're a top three team. I think they're the third team. I think they fall behind Milwaukee and Brooklyn after what I've seen in the preseason. Milwaukee looks like they're going to be unbelievable again. They have a potential uh, player that can go th- three-peat the MVP. I think that's very possible. He wants to be there. He signed up to be there long-term. They're going to be amazing again. Brooklyn, obviously, when you have Kevin Durant on any team, they're a threat to finish at the top of the conference and make deep playoff runs. They have Kyrie Irving as well, who quickly, I'll make this quick note, that sage burning thing at TD Garden drove me insane, as I'm sure it did to every single person listening to this podcast. That was crazy, and I can't wait till times are normal again. You know, people get the vaccine, things are good. Pack the TD Garden first game. It's a real game, fans, everything. Oh, I, I don't think there's going to be a worse reception to a player 
in Boston like that in a very long time. I was at the game last year when Brooklyn came to Boston for the first time. Kyrie didn't come. He didn't, not only did he not play, he didn't even show up to the arena. And, you know, there was still chance about how much Kyrie sucks, even though he wasn't there. He wasn't on the court. And every time the Nets got the ball, it was Kyrie sucks. So I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when he gets there. But, you know, I'm done with Kyrie Irving slander. I, I've just heard enough about Kyrie Irving. I just, I just want to stop talking about him. <laughs> I am done as well. I like to uh, erase that year and a half that he played for us out of my mind completely. Um, yeah, Brooklyn's going to be good. They have a lot of players, including those two. Uh, Levert, Dinwiddie, they have those rotational bigs with Allen and DeAndre Jordan. They're going to be a good team. So I think the Celtics fall right behind them. Joe Heather. Harris. Joe oh, Harris. Joe Harris, too. Yeah, you can't forget. He's a, he's a sniper. I, I can't leave him out. But, yeah, they fall right behind Milwaukee and Brooklyn in my standings uh, and right above Miami, Philly, Toronto in that order. Uh, that's the Those are the key six teams to look for this year in the East. Yeah, I would agree. I think Milwaukee is a regular season powerhouse. I don't see them not finishing with the one seed, bearing an injury to one of their – main players i think that they just they're gonna run through the east in the regular season they're gonna get the one seed again Giannis obviously a threat to win a third mvp in a row or a second defensive player of the year in a row um probably not gonna get it i don't think just because of the bias of voters not wanting to give an mvp to the same guy three years in a row but he's definitely a candidate i think brooklyn if they remain healthy and you know it was a big question mark to me what kind of player kevin durant was going to be coming off such a major surgery it was clear to me that even if he's not at 100%, he looks to be at least at like 75 80%. And Kevin Durant at 75 80% is still an all-NBA player. So that scares me a lot. I think Kevin Durant is a phenomenal basketball player. I think he's the probably the best pure scorer of all time. So man's just like a seven-foot-one demigod. But obviously, yeah, they got Kyrie Irving. So as much as we dislike Kyrie Irving, he's a phenomenal basketball player, NBA champion. They got other guys, Karis LeVert, who dropped 51 on us last year, and Spencer Dinwiddie, who I think is the odd man out there, and then other key pieces like Joe Harris and stuff. But the the teams that worry me, worry me more about what's going to impact the Celtics finish is teams like Miami and teams like Philadelphia. I think that Boston could finish anywhere really from three to five behind those two teams. And I think Boston, Miami, and Philadelphia will all be within two games of each other I think their records will be very similar and with fans maybe returning towards the end of this season having a home court advantage is going to be huge come playoff times that wasn't that didn't have an impact last year but this year it's going to be huge and I think Celtics are really going to have to push to try to get the three seed and have home court advantage in the first round yeah moving on a little bit from the standings prediction uh talk about some individual players I think Jason Tatum returns for his second All-Star game. I think he'll start the All-Star game. Uh, I also think he'll be joined by his buddy, JB, Jalen Brown, who will be a reserve in the All-Star game. I think both those players are only going to improve their games, get better on offense and defense. I think Jalen Brown has a, has a strong chance to actually break through and make an all-defensive team, potentially joining his buddy Marcus Smart there on that team. So look for those two to make the All-Star team smart, to go back to the all-defensive team. Everything stays the same there. Uh, Brad Stevens. Uh, we talked about him a bit earlier. Uh, he's going to have to have a coach of the year level year, in my opinion, for this team to prove their doubters wrong, secure a top three seed in the East, go on a deep playoff run. All of those things need to happen. Yeah, I agree. I think Jason Tatum will get a start in the all-star game this year. I think 
He's made a name for himself as one of the best young talents and one of the best players in the NBA. He'll finally crack the starting rotation. For the All-Star game, I do think Jalen Brown will also make the All-Star team. I think he will take the biggest jump out of anybody on the Celtics this year. I really want Jalen Brown to take his game to the next level. I would love to see him make an all-defensive team like you mentioned. I would also love Jason Tatum to make an all-defensive team. I think Marcus Smart is the best defensive guard in the NBA, and you know, hopefully he just continues that and stops taking three-pointers. But um, I do agree with the Brad Stevens piece as well. I think that he's not necessarily on the hot seat, but he has to have one of those years where he's in the conversation for Coach of the Year to just to keep him out of people's mouths, keep him out of people saying, hey, is Brad Stevens the problem if they don't win a title or even make it to the finals this year? I would also like to see these second, third-year guys off the bench elevate their games to the next level and become serviceable rotation pieces for the Celtics. All right, and then moving away from just the Boston Celtics talk, talking about NBA League awards. MVP, I would pick Giannis. I think Giannis is going to be the best player in the regular season next year. I'm not picking Giannis because, like Brian said, voter fatigue. They don't like voting for the same guy over and over. We did see him go back to back. Some people were surprised about that. Some people thought LeBron was going to get it just because voters don't like seeing repeating MVPs. Um, so I would pick Giannis for myself. I think he is going to have an MVP level season, but I'm going to give that award to Luka Doncic. I think Dallas is going to take a huge step forward. Um, they're going to probably be top four in the West, which is crazy to think because they were outside the playoffs only two seasons ago, but he is just dominant. He He's come over and, and, matched every single one of the expectations people had set for him and just done so much more. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that as long as the Mavericks are a top four, top five team in the West, Luka Doncic is going to put up the numbers. And I do think that even though the Bucks will probably be the one seed in the East, the voters just aren't going to give Giannis a third MVP in the row. I think it'll go to Luka Doncic this year as well. Defensive player of the year. I see it going to Anthony Davis. Um, he's, he's the big, he's the best defensive player on the best team in the league. And typically that means quite a bit to the voters. Uh, he clearly deserves it. He's an elite defensive big man. He can guard smaller forwards. He can guard big men. Um, he's just a freak of nature. Obviously you have to consider guys like Rudy Gobert year in and year out. Draymond Green even could be back in the conversation. Marcus Smart. You could see guys like that in that conversation, but I think this is the year Anthony Davis finally wins the award. I hate to keep agreeing with you, but I also think that Anthony Davis is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think he he almost won it last year. He was very close to winning it. Giannis obviously got the award, but I think he'll finally get his Defensive Player of the Year award this year. Rookie of the Year, I have James Wiseman. Um, I know a lot of people, the popular pick is LaMelo Ball. I don't think LaMelo Ball is going to be that great right away. He's going to have quite a bit of opportunity in Charlotte, but I think Wiseman, because they're going to be a playoff team, is going to play a significant role for that team. And I think he's very NBA ready. We didn't see a lot of him at Memphis. Uh, Obviously, he didn't play most of the season. But what I've seen out of him from high school and even in the preseason, I've been impressed with Wiseman. I think he's he's going to prove to a lot of people that he should have been that number one pick and turn some heads this year. So I'm going to disagree with you on this one, although I will agree on the LaMelo Ball piece. I think LaMelo Ball is just not that good at basketball. I think he the only reason he was the number three pick in the draft is because his name is LaMelo Ball. But I, I'm i going to go with the fourth overall pick in Patrick Williams of the Chicago Bulls. I love this kid's game. He's a great 3 and D player. 
and he has more to his game than just a three ball. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity in Chicago as they got a lot of young guys. They're a fringe playoff team in the East. He's going to get started in minutes, hopefully. And I think he's the best, one of the best defenders, if not the best defenders out of the draft. And he can score on the offensive end. And a lot of people are hating on Chicago for this pick because Patrick Williams didn't even start in college. But I think he has a lot of potential, and he's one of my favorite rookies. All right, coach of the year. Going back to the Celtics, Brad Stevens winning it. This is the year he wins coach of the year. They're going to have a huge year. We're not overreacting to this preseason. They're going to be good. They're going to be top three. People are expecting great things from Milwaukee and Brooklyn. People, after watching these two games, you know, counting Boston out, I think Brad Stevens has a really good shot to win it. He's always in the conversation. They've never given him the award. And I said he was maybe on the warm, hot seat. Uh, Not quite on the hot seat, on the warm seat. I think he's going to coach his ass off this year. They're going to be good. They're going to go on a deep run. He deserves coach of the year this year. Um, Watch it happen. I would love for that to happen. And I do agree that the Celtics will do better than a lot of people expect, especially after these two preseason games. My coach of the year, I'm going to go with Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. I think that's a great core they have over in Phoenix, and I think he's going to coach them exceptionally well. I think Chris Paul will be awesome for Devin Booker, and that team's really going to succeed, and Monty Williams is going to get a lot of credit for that. Six man of the year. Uh, I have Tyler Hero winning six man of the year. Stop. Stop that. No, I mean, he he's a, he's a young guy. He was coming off the bench with them in the playoffs. He dropped 37 on the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Stop fans that. Love that. He's a baller. He, he, he deserves starting minutes. He's going to get starting minutes, and he's going to easily put up 17, 18 points per game next year. He's going to have Lou Williams-like impact coming off the bench as a scoring threat for that Miami team. No, Tyler Hero is not winning it. I refuse. I'm going to go with Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz. I think that he's just going to have an awesome year off the bench. He's a great scorer, and he's not the best defender, but he'll add a lot to that Utah team off the bench. And for our last award, uh, most improved player. Uh, Typically give it to a player that's been in the league for two to three years. Uh, My pick for this has actually been in the league since 2014. I'm going with Yusuf Nurkic. I think that he's returning back to complete health. He's going to be the starter again. He played extremely well in the bubble. Uh, Hassan Whiteside departed. So I think he's going to have a huge impact on that team. And I think he's going to be a borderline also this year. I don't think he'll make it, but I think he'll be in the conversation. I got two guys that I want to talk about for this, just briefly about both of them. First one is my actual pick. I think Michael Porter Jr. will win most improved player. He's going to get starter minutes in Denver. They're going to rely a lot on him. As their number three guy, his scoring option, he's an elite offensive weapon. And I think Denver is going to be probably a top two, if not top, top three, if not top two team in the West. And I think Michael Porter Jr. will be an important part of that. Other guy, you're going to laugh, Markel Fultz. I think Markel Fultz is really going to take the next step and become a pretty good point guard. Everyone, everyone's counting on Markel Fultz, but I think, I think he's good. I think he's going to have a great year down in Orlando. Yeah, no. I, I, I like the Porter pick, uh, Fultz. Watch, watch me be wrong. Watch me be completely right Don't on this. Count him out. And Fultz, I'm not counting him out. I just think that the man's, he had the yips. You're a first overall pick. You ever have the yips, you go down in my rankings. You, you have, he's going to get starter minutes. They lost Augustine. A lot's going to be asked of him if they want to make the playoffs again. 
Um, so yeah, he is going to have to take a step for them if they want to, you know, contend for that eight seed again. Um, so not bad picks overall. You got an NBA finals prediction for me. It's hard to not pick the Lakers to win the championship. I mean, you can almost guarantee LeBron's going to make his way to the finals every year. I just don't see any team in the East that can really compete with the, the Lakers if they're healthy. I mean, I would love to say I think Boston's going to crack it and they're going to win the championship this year, but I don't know if I can confidently say that. It's probably going to be the Lakers again. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I think the Lakers are just too dominant. Um, they they had an unbelievably good offseason. They only got better. They won the title last year, and they added pieces like Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Marcus Saul, Wesley Matthews. They they got exponentially better and they won the championship. So that's scary for the rest of the 29 teams in the league. I like walking to represent the East as gross as that sounds. Cause I, I, I hope, and I, I want the Celtics to represent us represent the Eastern conference. Um, but Milwaukee, I like their off season. Uh, Giannis is there long-term he's, he's, he's buying in. So I think this is the year Milwaukee cracks it. I don't know if they win it. I have the Lakers over the Bucks with the finals MVP LeBron. Who else? Yeah, I would agree that Milwaukee's going to have a much better playoff run this year. Obviously, had a huge disappointment last year. But I'm not too I'm not too sure who's going to come out of the East. I think if a really healthy Nets team is a tough challenge for anyone. I think the Celtics, if they can add another piece, would be serious contenders as well. So it's going to be an interesting season. And I know we strayed away from the Celtics towards the end of this episode, but we will be back again talking about the Celtics, hopefully this time with more positive feedback that they had been playing well to start the season, which they have a very tough schedule to start the season. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and then Pacers twice. So first four games are tough for the Celtics, but we will be back again to talk more Celtics and hopefully Celtics have a great year. Hopefully our predictions are right. We got two all-stars. Brad Stevens is a coach of the year candidate. So only time will tell, but until next time, go Celtics.